Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed. the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center Podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsack for another edition of Spotlight Star Wars. I just came back from D23 at the time of this recording, but I'm not really going to talk about it. We're going to break that down on the main show this coming Tuesday. We will have a lot of reactions and kind of a more in-depth look at the behind-the-scenes footage released of Last Jedi, the making of Last Jedi, the presentation, the panel I was there. It was a lot of fun. But I'll say this, and I'll probably say it more again on Force Center of the Main Show. 
not to turn this into a commercial of that show, but uh, just the way the recording schedule works. It's fresh on my mind. I was uh, slightly disappointed with the Star Wars presentation. Uh, not that it was uh, bad, uh, and, and everyone involved did great, and the behind-the-scenes footage was awesome. Great and awesome. Those are the words I will use. But you just felt like it was a little underplayed, that the Han Solo stuff definitely affected it, and no announcement of a standalone film. And there was no guarantee that that was going to happen, but Kathleen Kennedy got a lot of people's hopes up by saying a while ago that we will come to a decision on the next anthology film midsummer, which made a lot of people think Comic-Con or D23 would be the place to hear it, and maybe next week at San Diego Comic-Con we will get that announcement. I don't think so, though. I don't think so. So that will come later on. So there was a little bit of disappointment. I also had heard some inside information that led me to think that uh, perhaps we were going to get the next anthology announcement, but that didn't happen. So that also could be why we're feeling a little disappointed. But overall, it was a good panel, and we're going to break that down in more. I just wanted to talk about it, get it out of my mind. Spotlight Star Wars has become a place for me to purge some of my Star Wars doubts and fears. It's my own bit of Star Wars counseling, though Joseph Scrimshaw and his Star Wars counseling is much better. You should seek his counseling. I went on to the Patreon page. That's right, Four Centers on Patreon, if you don't know. Patreon.com slash Four Center. You can support there, or you, you don't have to. We're here regardless. That's the way it works. But I put out a, um, a thread about the Marvel Star Wars lines, all of the lines, all the issues, all the characters. I wanted to know from you guys where you stood on this. Now, some of these comments, like mine, are positive, and some of these comments, like some of mine, will probably be on the negative side. And I want to disclose that because we here at Force Center try really hard to generally, generally remain positive, unless you're Chewbacca mom. Uh, we want to, we, we, we love to celebrate Star Wars. We love to bring everyone in, sit down, have a fun discussion. And if you don't like the prequels, that's okay. We do. If you do like the prequels with us, that's great. But hey, listen to the other people. They might have some good points about the prequels. You didn't like Rogue One? Understood. I didn't like the first two acts, but I loved the third act. And you know what? The first two acts ain't that bad either. Let's come together. Kumbaya. Let's sing a Star Wars song. So if you're relatively new to Force Center, just want to keep that in mind as I go into some of these comments. Because I think uh, at times the, the Marvel Star Wars line has been frustrating to me. Especially over the last year. The first year, not so much. Um, but uh, now, what, in the third year of this, uh, right before Force Awakens, it really launched in full, but we've been living with some of these Star Wars comics since 2014, I believe, or at least hearing about them. So I think overall, I've said this before, and I'll say it clear. So if you try to take me out of context later, I have the evidence right here, Your Honor. Love that I have new Star Wars comics Every time I go to my comic shop, which is Earth 2 and Northridge. It just went the other day. I haven't had a chance to get over there in a while. I haven't read a lot of the last month's issues. I'm a little behind. Life's been happening kind of fast for me. Getting gearing up for D23 and then covering Comic-Con for Collider. And moving, it's been a little busy. Well, it was me, I know. So I'm a little behind on the comics. So this isn't necessarily a review. And Joseph and I talked about doing more reviews of the comics uh, ourselves on the main show here. But I always seem to talk about the comics here. They come a lot up a lot here on Spotlight Star Wars because of Joseph and Jennifer in the Force Center crew. I'm the one that uh, is reading the comics the most. Until this recent batch, uh, which I'm just behind on, I've read every comic published uh, by the Marvel's new Star Wars line. 
by no means an expert on it because I don't remember half of it. That's the way my mind works. But I wanted to hear from you guys. I want to know if I was alone because some stuff, you know some stuff bothers me. Those space whales, Dr. Kylo or Silo, whatever the hell his name is, the grievous-like Mon Calamari, there's been some things I don't like in the Marvel Star Wars lines, and there's been some things I love. That said, let's dive into it and see what some of your comments are. And, And rest assured, I put this thread out there on the Patreon page just to hear from our dedicated fan base what you guys feel about these comics. So I'm going to read uh, from some of you guys, no particular order, just going to read uh, the comments, react, and that's what this is today on Spotlight Star Wars. Kyler Aldred says, One of my favorite panels is in the Vader down when all the rebels surrounded Vader. They shout out that he's surrounded, but all he says is, All I am surrounded by is fear and dead men, and ignites his lightsaber. Oh, I guess I should say spoilers for those who haven't read the comics. Damn, I'm sorry. The Vader Down run is one of the best parts of Marvel Star Wars so far, and as I posted, agree, great moment, Kyler, it is a great moment. We talk about seeing Vader in his prime, that comes up uh, up a lot as Star Wars fans. That's why we loved and we cheered the villain in Rogue One when Vader cuts down, mercilessly cuts down rebels at the end of Rogue One. It's the Vader we quote Always wanted to see. It's Vader and his prime. And in the Vader comic series and the Marvel Star Wars run, the early parts of it for sure, you get to see that Vader. You get to see him uh, at odds with the Emperor, which, you know, the more you look at it, he's always been at odds with the Emperor. The turn Palpatine should have seen coming, and of course the Sith Lord knows at some point his apprentice, or his number two, is going to try to overtake him. That's just part of the deal. But you really see it at play a lot. You really see Vader on his own. And the Vader run, now there's the new Vader comic that's out now, that takes place right after Sith. I'm a little behind on that. But the Vader down run, which crossed over is a crossover event into the main line, um, it is got, it's good. It's got some great stuff. And that panel that Kyla's talking about is awesome. Josh Eddy, longtime listener, says, that, although I'm not cut up, I've been consistently impressed with the Vader comic. Seems to be not as obviously Star Wars as the main Star Wars comics have been. The further exploration of Vader and Palpatine and Vader and the Imperial hierarchy has been fascinating. And Vader's presence is always menacing when it needs to be. And that's kind of a follow-up on what I was saying. You, the, Vader and Palpatine, not on the same page. You know what I mean? Vader not trusting each other, planning against each other. And there's this whole thought, this whole line of, of Palpatine having replacements at the ready. And Vader has to work his way through them. Uh, it's definitely a little different. And there's a lot with the Imperial hierarchy, with Tag and and uh, some of the Imperial officers, and, and, and how Vader is, again, not always respected by the Imperial officers. They see him as Vader, uh, excuse me, Palpatine's lapdog, and that comes out of play. Mark Knopp, or Knope, or Nope. Mark, write in and tell us exactly. You're one of our best listeners. You're one of our favorites. And me and Joseph are so horrible at, at saying names. Mark says, I've only read the Kanan comics. They're so good. I do own Shattered Empire and two Poe Dameron trade paperbacks. I haven't a chance to read those. Read those, as I said. Uh, I want to hear what you say. Uh, think, Mark, about Shattered Empire. But the Kanan comic is really good. And I think, considering it's Rebels, which some people don't like Star Wars Rebels era stuff right now, or the comic, or, or the, excuse me, the, the animated series, and, and some people obviously don't like the prequel era, the Kanan comic covers both and covers them very well. Kanan Jarrus. Uh, excuse me, Kanan Jarrus and Caleb Doom, I was what I was trying to say, are, are, are is, 
one, they're one person, uh, a very interesting character, one of my favorite new things in Star Wars canon, and I think, I think it's explored, and New Dawn, which is not my favorite Star Wars novel, canon is revealed excellently in there, I do like that, but I think he's fleshed out even more in the canon comics, and I highly recommend you guys Guys, figured out. You get to the post Order sixty six world for a young Padawan is is so clear and so you know on the run, and it is uh, it's it's it, that is good. And then to see him kind of grow up and and get on these side missions and just kind of become the Kanan that you know now in Rebels, it it makes it that much better. I I, I love that they just dove right into him. I'm sure they did a little bit of that to, in support of Rebels to get the Rebels show out there a little bit more, but I gotta say that the Canon comic is the last Padawan, as it's subtitled, is one of the greats of the series. Alex from our uh, our good friend at Star Wars Explained, been on the show, of course. He says Lando is still the top, and I do agree. Darth Vader was mostly good, as is the main Star Wars run. Canon, one of my favorite moments. Uh, Kyler already pointed out the fear and dead men line. Uh, he enjoys the Afric character. And the first arc was quite good. He liked Screaming Citadel at first, but when it came around, uh, it came around to my way of thinking. Not a fan. I am not a fan of the Screaming Citadel event right now. Poe Dameron also had some great arcs, but some stinkers. And look, I agree with that too. The Poe Dameron comic was a needed comic series. Poe Dameron is a character that needs more. Needs more story. There's some spectacular stuff in there. He'll come up again as we talk here. But, yeah, there's been also the space egg stuff that's going on. Lando, you'll hear Lando is by far everyone's favorite. It's, it comes up a lot. We'll talk more about Screaming Citadel. Mike Leamy says, I'm up to date on all of them, and I agree with Alex of Star Wars Explained. Lando is the best so far. He also loves the Vader comic and some great new characters, including Dr. Aphra. Shattered Empire was good. Poe Dameron is good, but that's sometimes good is not great. They're getting the characters right. They might be fighting vampires, but I think it, when it's done, uh, it'll be fun to read. And I, I agree with that point, and I posted it on the Patreon page, Mike. There's some of these characters, even though there's some wacky, crazy stuff going on, I think they're, they're nailing it on some, uh, some of the stuff. They're, they are writing good Star Wars characters. Now, some of it I don't necessarily uh, agree with, and we'll talk about that a little bit. But I think overall, they understand the Star Wars characters, and those things make sense, even though there's some wacky, wild things going on. Amy Wishman Nyland checks in. She's a longtime Force Center supporter. We appreciate her. I have read most of them, but sometimes I wait for the trades from the library due to budget reasons. And you know what? That's just smart comic shopping. I think we all, I rush out to buy comics, individual issues, because the covers are kind of art. I have a, I'm moving, and I have a storage issue. I'm looking at so many long boxes that i got to move. I wish I, I wish I went to the library for the trades. Amy, you're on to something. Kanan is her favorite so far. I love the mix of Rebels and Prequel Era. Again, they do that so well. And you learn a lot more about Kanan's history. It makes his stuff on Rebels, especially now with what he's going through, just have that much more feel to it. Uh, and also, Lando's very good. She likes Han Solo and Poe. Again, uh, that they have Poe's voice down, and they really do. Tristan Shields says, got turned off by Poe with that weird egg thing that happened. It was early on, and it almost turned me off, too. But you got, I'm glad I hung around because there's some great stuff in Poe. The new Vader's been great so far. Nice to see him finally hunt down Jedi. Maul's been adding a lot to the character. I do agree. Uh, Dr. Aphra, he, uh, Tristan likes Dr. Aphra character, but he, too, paused when the Citadel arc came in, which he hates. Screaming Citadel's been an interesting, interesting 
arc for Marvel there. Dark Lord Jeff Not Emma always supports us, says, uh, I'm definitely behind, uh, but I've enjoyed most of them. Problem I'm facing, I'm reading them, buying them in hardcover form, uh, the trades. Um, it doesn't seem like there are any new hardcover on the horizon. Yeah, well, the trades will come out soon enough. Uh, so he hasn't read some a lot of them, Han Solo, Anakin, and Obi-Wan. I actually think he can skip Anakin and Obi-Wan, uh, or any of the post stuff. Um, but he, uh, he disagrees with me. He says, the Mon Calamari cyborg was every bit as believable to me as General Grievous. And you know what? That's a fair critique. Grievous is a far-fetched sci-fi idea. He's an alien-turned-cyborg droid general. So why not? And they even say it. Dr. Kylo's like, hey, man, or Silo. Is, this Ky- is it Kylo or Silo? I, well, Silo makes sense because there's Kylo Ren now. Dr. Silo says, uh, you know, hey. I liked that Grievous thing. I kind of studied what they did with him, and I made my own version of it, and that's the Mon Calamari apprentice of Palpatine. I guess you're right. You're right, Jeff. You're a dark lord. I must follow you a little bit here, but it's still overall groan-inducing for me. That's all right. Uh, we have uh, Brett James. Brett James Poe has been by far my favorite of the ongoing comics. Nothing too weird or wacky, just fun adventures, which I think there is some weird stuff in there, but this is what I love. Brett's like space eggs, Gracchus the Hut with his biceps, all good. The Han miniseries is great too. Um, he and he, Brett makes a great point here, and this is this is why. I think he he can say, hey, Poe, start to finish, I enjoy it. He says, I don't really need or want much from the comics other than fun romps. And you know what? That's a lesson we all should have there. That's a lesson we all should get behind is that sometimes, I always talk about those expectations. Maybe we put too much high uh, thoughts and hopes on these storylines. The comics, they're comics. You can tell Marvel writes in a lot of comic book-like storylines and moments. And they're kind of fun romps. And that's Star Wars, too. Not everything should mean something on a deeper level, and I think Brett might have the wrong idea. We have Gilami. Gilami? I'm saying it so wrong. Gilami GB. He says, Lando, Hansel, and the main Star Wars run are my favorites. I really like the introduction of new characters like Loren Anno, Gracchus the Hutt, there he is with his biceps, and Sergeant Creel, who is a good character as well. I like that guy too. For some reason, I don't really like the new Vader run. Everything feels extremely rushed with the first two issues. Maybe we'll get better. I am wondering about that, too. I am two issues behind on the new Vader run, so I'm not making a judgment. But the first issue wasn't uh, it had some great stuff, but as I said here on Spotlight Star Wars, it did kind of seem a little rushed. It seemed a little out of place. Uh, it's dangerous. Star Wars, it's, it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. If you say, we're going to continue this story that you know and most of the time love in Star Wars, and then whether it's in a book or comic book form, the moments after that, we're going to fill in those blanks. That could work. I thought the first moments of the Leia series were great on uh, on Alderaan, and, and, and they needed to evacuate. But some of the other things, Aftermath, overall, though I love that trilogy in the end, the fact that right after the destruction of the second Death Star... This is what happened, and maybe, again, our expectations can fuel what we feel on some of these storylines. The Vader moments after the Sith thing wasn't necessarily uh, my favorite thing. So I'm waiting to see. Judgment is being held until I read up on the series. Tim Van Newland, the Poe Dameron comic had the greatest cameo, Mr. Bones. Yep, enough said. Ulrich Stowe Vetlin, I've never actually read a Star Wars comic book, but I think I'm going to check out the Vader series soon. So, Ulrich, you're in an interesting spot. A lot of people, I get that a lot. I find it online. They, they haven't read the comics. They want to know. They want to know where to start. I think you go all the way back to the Star Wars mainline and they go to the first Vader comic. 
Um, but the new Vader series might be an interesting place to start. Again, I haven't caught up. Adam Nowakowski says, I've read the first two issues of the Darth Vader comic. But as soon as those awful cyborgs arrived, I dropped out. Now, this is the original Vader run, which went for, what, 25 issues, I believe. It was supposed to be just five. And it got so good, and there were some great moments. There's some great moments in that Darth Vader run. When he finds out uh, there's a, another Skywalker out there from Boba Fett, I love that moment. I love him in Jabba's palace. I love the introduction of uh, Boba Fett tooling around the galaxy with the Wookiee bounty hunter, uh, bounty hunter Black Kersantan. Uh But yeah, I the cyborg stuff, which is that, look, Vader's a cyborg. Anakin Skywalker is, is more machine now than man, so he's technically a cyborg. So it seems a little bit hypocritical as a Star Wars fan to say, well, I don't like cyborgs, but I, I, I just didn't like the way it was handled in that Darth Vader run. Again, talk about the Mon Calamari, uh, General Grievous-like cyborg, and you got these um, weird twins, and, and uh, very comic booky stuff. Going back to what Brett James was saying earlier, maybe we should all just have fun with it. It's a fun romp. But then... Dr. Kylo, or Silo, excuse me, I keep messing that up. Uh, he's like the sixth version of, he's been cloning himself, and then he's got these ships that are space whales, that are cyborg space whales. I can understand if someone dropped out after there. Adam, uh, you're not wrong. I think you could jump back in. There's some stuff that happens later on that's really good. Maybe give it another run, pick up the trade paperbacks or something like that. Uh, Gary Hassari says, I've read all the Can- uh, of all of Kanan Last Pad- Padawan, Shattered Empire, and Lando series. I think Kanan was probably the best because it give you gives you some backstory in the character. Again, we all seem to like that. Um, and um, he says this, uh, there are so many, it seems overwhelming at times. And Gary, you're not wrong. There's so many. I just, like I told you, I guess went to my shop the other day. I hadn't been to my comic shop about three weeks. I uh, got about 50 bucks worth of comics, 95% of them Star Wars comics, and I don't even know where to begin. I have, I, I, that's why I'm behind. I like, they're sitting there on my shelf. I'm like, I just, I just need a moment. I need a glass of whiskey, and I need to figure out where to start. And, and when you have crossover events, which is what the Screaming Citadel is, ties the Dr. Aphra uh, comic with the main line, and then it's its own ish, uh, series as well. It's like three or four. You've got to figure out, well, what's next, what part of it is. It's, it's a little bit of work, but sometimes you can be rewarded. Sometimes you can be rewarded. So, Gary, I understand. It is overwhelming. Ventress87, a good supporter of this show and my show on Anchor Daily Thrones. She uh, read a lot of the earlier comics, but needs to catch up. Um, she, her favorite is the Lando comic. She says he's always been one of my all-time favorite characters. And it was great to see an earlier adventure, especially his relationship with Lobot. Not going to lie, got a little choked up. And there is... There's some Lobot stuff in there that could tug on your heartstrings, believe it or not, if you haven't read it. I enjoyed the story of Leia, uh, the Leia comic, but something got lost in the translation with me as far as the character. And I think uh, so much of Leia is wrapped up in Carrie Fisher's portrayal, and that just didn't come across right in comic form. I do, however, love the character of Evan Verlaine. I want to see more of her. She is the Y-Wing pilot at the end of New Hope from Alderaan as well. I would love if she popped up on screen somewhere, and I do agree with that. I thought Laura Dern might end up being Evan Verlaine. Instead, she's Vice Admiral uh, Amilin Holdo. Uh, timeline doesn't fit for the final season of Rebels, but seeing her and Hera work together would be fascinating. Just still talking about uh, Evan. Uh, and um, uh, the only one she's enjoyed is the Obi-Wan and Anakin comic. Uh, oh, she, excuse me. The only one she hasn't enjoyed is the Obi-Wan and Anakin comic. Just didn't work for me. I love both characters, but wasn't quite Star Wars enough. And I agree. I think the Obi-Wan, Anakin comic run five issues, and the Chewbacca one, believe it or not, five issues, are my least favorite, the ones uh, that work the least. Um, they're a little clumsy, a little cartoony, a little over the top. Again, 
Should we just sit back and enjoy it? Yes. But sometimes things just don't work. But going back to the Leia comic, I'm glad Ventress 87 brought this up. The Leia comic had so much potential, and it starts very well, and there's some great stuff in there, including her going to Naboo. Leia goes to Naboo and feels the presence of Padme, and that kind of ties in a little bit to what she might have been saying in Return of the Jedi of having memories of her mother. Maybe she has some Force-induced memories when she's young, and that's why she felt she knew her. There's a little bit of that, but it is a, actually it's one of my favorite moments in the comic so far. So it's worth checking out because it's five issues, ties into a lot of why Princess Leia, you know, uh, in New Hope, why she doesn't seem to be upset that Alderaan. Yeah, she's upset, but uh, poor Luke, you lost a friend. I lost my planet. Here's a here's a blanket. Uh, it it deals with that in a good way. And the character of Evan Verlaine is interesting. A tall, blonde, Alderanian pilot. She was a Y-Wing pilot. Flew in the Battle of Yavin. In fact, on screen now in canon, that Y-Wing flying away at the end of A New Hope is hers. It's an interesting character. Shows up again in Bloodline. Friends of Leia. uh, Friend of Leia. But doesn't start out that way, and it's a good, interesting thing. But, but overall, the series did lack a little bit, and I agree with that. Aaron Parisian, our good friend, says, Are we still talking comics? Well, yes, we are. She uh, really enjoyed the Poe Dameron uh, series. Uh, she's still uh, ongoing. Likes the Han Solo, Princess Leia, Chewbacca, and Lando. Interesting. Chewbacca, maybe I'm the grump who just doesn't like it. A lot of in- uh, interesting information in those guys. I've also got the first Vader series of Marvel, though I haven't quite had a chance to read it yet because I'm missing a couple of issues. Uh, Aaron, correct that. Just go to your comic shop right then. Um, but it seems like overall Erin has a positive take and she's sitting back and enjoying the characters, the main characters and getting a little bit more to their story. And I think that's good. Christopher Triplett says, Dr. Afro has impressed me and the character definitely has impressed me. Uh, the Vader down crossover was fantastic. Lando might be again, Lando showed up, might be the best five issue run. And I do agree with that. The Vader down crossover was great. And Dr. Afra is a comics only character. That is already popular and picking up more steam. Connie says, I'm currently reading the Poe Dameron comic and enjoying the story arc so far. I'm especially intrigued by the villain Terex. Favorite issue so far was issue 14 with General Organa, and I did a full spotlight Star Wars on that uh, a short time ago. It was incredibly moving and much foreshadowing. Yeah, the villain Terex in the Poe Dameron comic is very intriguing. He's a stormtrooper turned First Order operative, and I uh, I like I like Terex a lot. It's something uh, There's something intriguing about that character. Glad you're enjoying them, Connie. Kenny Yokoyama says, I've been reading all comics, but Kanan by far is my favorite. Uh, Massive fan of... He says, though, being a massive fan of Obi-Wan Kenobi, Star Wars number 7 is a special place in my heart, and that is Obi-Wan in the desert. And Kenny says uh, he's excited about the new Vader run, but on a side note, I sometimes wish they could ease off... The amount of comics they come up with. Again, going back to Gary's point about it being overwhelming. Yeah, the the, the Star Wars mainline drifts off a little bit at, on, at times to Obi-Wan on Tatooine. It is a preview of what we might get if we ever get a damn Obi-Wan in the desert movie. And it's some of the best stuff in it. Uh, Andrew Romanello checks in here a couple times. Don't know if anyone started the latest Darth, Darth Vader series, but this one is great. Especially the last one, which is issue three at the time of this recording. Andrew, I'm going to check it out. But Andrew also says, hey... I've read all of them, and I think they are subpar. They have turned Star Wars into uh, a very strange place. The egg creature in the Poe series, the vampire in Screaming Citadel, the, which also, don't forget, the parasite creatures in that arc as well. His biggest gripe, though, is the, the portrayal of Luke. As all of his arcs are taking place between A New Hope and Empire, he, Andrew, says, I do not see how 
the Luke we get in Empire would have had these experiences and still had the personality we see on screen. If these stories happen between Empire and Jedi, then maybe they would be more believable as Jedi starts out with a totally different Luke, a changed Luke. It's not all bad, though. I really enjoyed the Kanan series as well as Lando and Han Solo runs. Darth Maul's also good. Maybe in the end I have just too much attachment to my, quote, headcanon for the main characters. And that's the comment I wanted to end on today and talk a little bit more as, uh, as I wrap up Spotlight Stars for this week. And this is why I did it. And it, look at if you're kind of relatively new to the Force Center world or you're out there listening and, hey, there's some negative stuff about stuff that I love. Force Center, we take all kinds. If you like the Anakin and Obi-Wan comic series, like it. I didn't like it. You and I don't have to agree. The only thing we have to agree on is that Star Wars is awesome. And that's what will happen. So Andrew has perhaps one of the biggest points I have as well about the comic series and why sometimes these comics fall on the lower end of me feeling like I need to read them. I, I feel I need to read all the books. Obviously, I need to see all the movies, and I need to see all the shows. Uh, but the comics sometimes... And it wasn't like this first. When the comics came out, I bought them, read them, digested them, and was ready to go as a canon Star Wars fan. Like, these are canon now. I, I, I'm now, I'm told you, I'm now behind. Sometimes it's because there's so many, I'm a little overwhelmed. But I also just feel some of the things are a little off. Now, if anyone from Marvel was listening, hear my words. You guys are doing great work. But I think this is a note that I, as a fan share with Andrew and others. That Luke Skywalker we see at the beginning of Empire Strikes Back has gone through some things. He's in a different place for sure than the farm boy getting a medal at the end of New Hope. I have no doubt about that. I want to learn about that journey. But there are so many outlandish, giant things that are going on in these comics that I have trouble accepting. And this is me Climbing into a grumpy Star Wars bubble, I have trouble believing that the Han, excuse me, that the Luke we meet on Hoth was a possessed victim of a vampire creature. Uh, went and fought like a giant mountain rock monster because uh, he followed Obi Wan's journals of some mysterious Jedi Knight that turned out to be Yoda. The fact that he met Vader, pulled his lightsaber, light lightsaber. Sorry, my mouth, my tongue gets stuck, and it says lightsaber, and I sound like an idiot. I'm not editing that out, because I want you to know I can sometimes be an idiot. Luke pulls his lightsaber on Vader very early on in the main run, and I, I do agree with the note. It's not a bad idea. It wasn't a totally bad moment, but I agree with the note that it's, uh, that little bit takes away from Empire Strikes Back. A, a little bit. That's being grumpy. That's being nitpicky. That's being in the Star Wars bubble, but... That is one of my big problems. I, I do agree with what was said earlier, that they're getting a lot of the voices of a lot of these characters down right. Poe, Kanan, Lando. That's why the Lando series, I think, was so good and why everyone kind of loves it. it. It was Lando. And it had some weird things. It had some, like, twin panther siblings. That's weird. It had, like, a force-twisted Emperor's Royal Guard. It had the Emperor's Sith relics. It was a little weird. Lobot was talking normal at first. But you know what? It was very much of Lando. It started and finished as Lando. The Chewbacca one is cute, but it doesn't add much to it. Some of the one-offs, I actually like the R2, uh, excuse me, the 3PO one-off, how he got his red arm. I like that one more than other people. So they're doing a lot of that right. The Darth Maul one feels really good. I, I, I like what they're doing with that character. The Han Solo one was great, but it wasn't of super consequence. And again, like, like Brett said, 
It was a fun romp, and that's all I really wanted out of that Han Solo run. But Luke is the one more than anything. He is the main player in the Star Wars main line, and just like he's the main player in the movies. And some of the stuff he experiences doesn't seem to me to add up. And maybe it's not that I want them to dial it back, but... And it may just be because the way Lucas made these movies and he wasn't expecting to tell these stories, even himself, of what happened between the movies. Just some stuff happened. Han ran into a bounty hunter, Ord Mandel. Like, that's what you knew. And, like, uh, Luke, to me, really took up with the uh, the rebellion against the Empire. He really became a military man. And on the side, he had some thoughts about what he learned from his old friend, Ben Kenobi, and he had this lightsaber, and he knew he could do some stuff with it, and he tried really, really hard to get that lightsaber to get into his arm, get into his hand, and save himself from the wampa, and when he does, that's a big moment, but the Luke in the comics, it seems like he might already have known that, it seems like it's not as big as a moment, it just seems like something he would have done, he doesn't get his complete training, Yoda obviously gives that to him, but you get the sense in watching Empire that that is, when he goes to Dagobah, it is, it is Ben saying, all right, it's time. You, you blew up the Death Star. I helped you with the Force. You're now in the military, basically. You're, you're joining the rebellion against the Empire. We need you to do that. But there's this other part of your life you need to go figure out. And in the comics, that's the theme as well. He has Obi-Wan's journal. He's following some adventures. Following, uh, you know, following along. He's got his lightsaber out. He, he's trying to learn. He understands he's not a Jedi. He's not tr- proclaiming to be a Jedi. Dr. Aphra uh, meets him finally in the Screaming Citadel arc, kind of has some jokes about him being a Padawan, all this kind of stuff, and, and that stuff plays fine. But the adventures in the comics, because they have to be, are sometimes too big and giant with Luke that I don't think it adds up. But Andrew's point, but if this was between Empire and Jedi, there, that is a different Luke. That is a different Luke. The Luke at the end of Empire is beaten. He's without a hand. His best friend is gone. He has a purpose and a mission to go get him. He has faced Vader and failed. And then the Luke we see in Jedi is Dark Luke, dressed in black, built his own lightsaber, seems to know and have a full handle on the Force. He seems to have gone through something. And we're going to get those stories eventually, I see. I I think no mistake that we haven't got a lot between Empire and and Jedi yet in story, in new canon. We're going to get that. But the biggest problem I have with the Marvel comics is, is I think, that the handling of Luke. And Andrew, I think, agrees with me there. But, that said, I think you guys can agree, a lot of people checked in here. There's a lot of great stuff in these comics. If you have the time, and you're behind on some of the stuff, you let yourself maybe be a little spoiled here. We try to keep it a little spoiler-free as we could. Um... Continue to read these. Continue to support it. We need Star Wars in the comic shops. Support your local comic shop. I read a lot of comics, not just Star Wars. Uh, And the comic industry, despite these movies, Marvel, DC, comic industry not doing great. Even digitally. Buy comics. Support comics. Read the Star Wars comics. And go to that thread if you're not on Patreon and you want to support. Go in. You can support. It is an all-support tier thread. And have a conversation. We'll be doing that from time to time on Patreon. Just having a conversation. I'll take some of it to spotlight Star Wars. We also do call for questions to, to be on the Force Center show as well. So, guys, I appreciate your words 
all of you who took the time to comment on Patreon. I want to thank you for sharing your thoughts on the Marvel Comics as we enjoy some of the stuff together, work through some of the stuff together, and just wonder about space egg and space whales together, too. Uh, that is Spotlight Star Wars for this week, guys. We'll have a full D23 trailer, behind-the-scenes trailer reaction to uh, what uh, Star Wars put out at D23. Comic-Con is next week, so we're going to record some stuff before and then react to anything that comes out out of Comic-Con after that. Love you guys. Thanks for the support. Follow us on Twitter at Force Center Pod. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe on iTunes. Rate and review. You know the drill. Find us on Patreon if you'd like. And until next time, for Luke and the Mon Calamari Cyborg, may that Force thing Kind of, sort of, always. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.